it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's nice that the league just doesn't completely shut down, although it's completely shut down now. Uh, Reed's off tonight and tomorrow. He'll be back on Monday. Uh, this man uh, has been hosting Oilers now all week. And uh, after today's show, he got uh, in his vehicle, went down to uh, on the QE2 South and is at the Saddle Dome in Calgary because we have an American Hockey League game going on in Calgary as uh, Stoff joins us now. Hey, Stoff, how you doing, buddy? Good, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. So uh, is this the first time that an Oilers farm team will be playing in Alberta since the uh, the Edmonton Roadrunners back in 0405? Uh, no, it is not because these oh. two teams have already played two games here earlier this year. But duly noted on the uh, perspective that you were coming from. So <laughs> Prior to this game. <laughs> Dave, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Chorus tried to hire me away from the other station that year. And uh, I met with Doug Rutherford and uh, Boyd Leader, believe it or not. And yes, uh, Brian Munns ended up being the play-by-play guy, and they wanted me to, to bring my show over and then do pre and post. I was working at the university at that time and had the column in the Edmonton Sun and was on the other station hosting the drive show, and I politely declined. But, uh, no, this is uh, – the two teams played in Calgary earlier this year. Okay. And Calgary's got a great team. They're uh, they're in top spot. They've got 30 wins on the season. They built a really big, heavy, physical team. They've, they've got toughness. A uh, guy named Mitch McLean. They've got one of the Gallant brothers uh, out of Prince Edward Island. Those guys are – you know, they can really handle themselves. And then they got a six foot seven guy named Adam Clapcup that was we saw in Penticton. So they they have the toughest team in the Western League and they got skill. Um, and Bakersfield's finally relatively healthy. They didn't have their number one goalie, uh, Calvin Pickard, for a large percentage of the year. So Bakersfield started to put together some wins here of late. They're trying to work their way back into the playoff picture. You know, when, when we look at the uh, affiliate now of the Oilers, which is in Bakersfield, and it moved from Oklahoma City, and prior it was in Springfield. Uh, but tell me how happy the Oiler management group is with the farm team in Bakersfield and just how well it's worked. Well, there's only one thing that illustrates the point. And that's that there's one Canadian team that still has their affiliate in the United States at the HL level, and that's the Edmonton Oilers, and that speaks volume to the work that uh, the people in uh, uh, Bakersfield have done over the years. I know Stu McDonald's been a big part of that original partnership. Bakersfield was a top-flight ECHL-run organization with some brilliant marketing strategies. Uh, they have a strong fan base. Uh, there's not a lot of pressure on the team in that market uh, for the players uh, because – you're not, you know, you look at Calgary, you're right here, but, you know, the Flames and the Wranglers. And so on any given night, Brad Trilliving, Brad Pascal, and Daryl Sutter are here. Now, I will tell you that Ken Holland, um, Ken Holland and Jay Woodcroft are both at the game tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're here for the two games this weekend. So they're obviously capitalizing on the fact that, you know, we have a bye week. In the, but, uh, no, Keith Kretzky is in uh, Bakersfield full-time as the assistant GM as well and again there's one team in Canada that's got their team in, in Bakersfield and that tells you or in the United States that tells you 
what the Oilers think of the partnership. Bob Stoffer joining us uh, from the Saddle Dome in Calgary tonight. AHL action, the Calgary Wranglers taking on the Bakersfield Condors. Of course, Bakersfield top farm club of the Edmonton Oilers. I want to ask you this question. Uh, you know, we look at the current roster and we see Philip Roberg and we see Dylan Holloway and we see Stuart Skinner, uh, who is an all-star. Who do you think is in line to make the jump or that could potentially make the jump? Who's the next one we're talking about that could make the leap from Bakersfield to the NHL and play uh, play with the Oilers in the next year or two? Yeah, uh Michael Kesselring has come a long ways in a short time. He's leading the American League in goals with 12. All I know is that when I have opposition scouts calling me on guys, that's a good sign. So last spring before the deadline, it was on Vincent Dayarnay, and now it's on Kesselring. So, you know, he's a six foot five, 220-pound right shot defenseman that's got 12 goals on the season. So he's added some offense. Raphael Lavoie has gone from maybe prospect to suspect back to prospect here. Mm. Uh, he's uh, got 19 points in his last seven games and it's plus nine. Uh, last 17 games. So he's had a real good stretch. Uh, and he's a little bit older. Uh, and then I, I, there, there is another guy that I think has a, a chance to work his way into a mix only because of organizational need. And that's Noel Philp, who, as you know, played at the U of A last year in the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he dealt with a brutal personal tragedy uh, that, you know, kept him out of hockey for the first half of last season. He's found love back in the game. And um, the Oilers signed him right out of the U of A. And he, basically about 15 to 20 games ago, the team committed to playing him at center. He's a six foot three right shot. Uh, and, you know, Lavois six four and Kessel is 6'5". So anytime you have that type of, you know, you can have a lot of things, but if you have size, it helps. And so, you know, for, for guys like Borgo and Tulio, those are and Carter Savoy, they're younger uh, and, and less established than the likes, you know, like Phelps 24 now and Lavois 22 and, uh, and Kesterling is 24. So that's why I would suggest that those three guys might be the closest of anybody that's down in Bakersfield. I enjoyed your uh, interview with Stuart Skinner, the all-star uh, on your show today, Oilers Now, from uh, noon to 2. Of course, uh, every day here on 6.30, Chad. Um, I, I'm amazed at his story because it was about two years ago he makes his debut in the NHL in an 8-5 win over the Ottawa Senators, and two years later he's an all-star. What an amazing meteoric rise it's been for Stewart. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, we did those Monday interviews for three and a half years of Jay Woodcroft, and Jay saw it uh, not as an obligation but an opportunity. And it wasn't an, op- an opportunity to sell himself. It was an opportunity to educate the Oilers fans on the growth and development of the Oilers prospects. And, you know, Skinner, uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I don't know if you know this, but at the start of the season, Wayne Gretzky uh, was on the TNT panel, and they were just talking about uh, surprise candidates um, that would emerge this season as the year wore on. And he said, Edmonton has a goaltender by the name of Stuart Skinner, and he is going to make some noise at some point during the year. And... Uh, Long story short, here's Stuart Skinner, albeit voted in by the fans, but, right. you know, no worse than a 1B goaltender to, to you know, to Jack Hamill. So uh, it's he's worked his tail off. Uh, Dustin Schwartz has got to get credit because Dustin is uh, worked longer with Stuart than anybody. Uh, Sylvain Rodrigue down in the minors, his, his uh, son, uh, Olivier Rodrigue, is uh, a member of the Oilers organization. Uh, Sly Rodrigue's got to get some credit as well. So that's. You know, there, there's been a lot of help, but the, the biggest guy that's driven this has been Stewart. And, 
Dave, just, you know, I like guys that are the same every day and aren't too up and aren't too down. He's chill. And I love that out of a goalie because often goaltenders can be, you know, high, strung and emotional and you don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes they take stuff out of their teammates. And I think, you know, the Oilers, sky's the limit here in terms of what Stuart Skinner has a chance to do in the Oilers organization uh, over the next uh, three or four years. All right, Bob, I'll uh, let you get back to the game. The Wranglers taking on the Condors. Appreciate the uh, the insight, buddy, and we'll uh, hear from you tomorrow on the show and uh, talk to you down the road, okay? Yeah, no score eight minutes in, okay? Thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks. Bob Stoffer, yeah, host of Oilers Now, and, uh, of course, our color, color analyst for the uh, Edmonton Oilers on the Oilers Radio Network, talking about uh, Stuart Skinner, and uh, spoke very highly of a couple of ex-Oiler goaltenders and the influence they had on him, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. They were amazing for uh, for myself, just as a person, teammate, uh, and obviously as a goalie as well. Um, I mean, you look at both of those guys, and uh, they, they've obviously made a huge impact for the Oilers, and they've been, they're unbelievable goalies um, with lots of experience with the both of them. And uh, just being able to learn how they work and what they do on and off the ice has been, you know, something that I've been, you know, very fortunate to be around and to learn from. Uh, and, yeah, those guys have, you know, really guided me in lots of different ways in my game uh, just to, you know, grow my game and um, – Talking about hard work, uh, I've been involved with um, obviously those two guys in Soupy, and uh, all three guys have been one of the hardest working people um, that you'll see on the ice. And I've uh, I've been able to learn from that, and it makes me want to work that much harder as well. So um, I've been very fortunate with the people that I've been uh, able to be around. Yeah, and you look at the uh, you look at the goaltending now compared to what we witnessed with Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen. And Mike Smith had some really good high-level moments. I think the the uh, the year, two years ago, when everyone was playing in their own regions and we had the, the North Division, the All-Canadian Division, that, that was a career year. Might have been Mike Smith's best season. And yet, Oiler fans and media worried about the one goal that Mike Smith would let in, or Miko Koskinen, who, yeah, had trouble with the first shot sometimes. But, man, they had some really spectacular moments. But then their moments of, you know, it would swing the other way. They would they would make errors of a spectacular fashion. Where Stuart Skinner is about steady as you can get. And he is, he's allowed the, the odd muffin. Oh, speaking of muffin, our off-topic topic tonight, 780-496-0063. What is your favorite muffin? What is your favorite muffin? Yeah, I forgot to mention that. See, gee whiz. Get my bearings here, Campbell. Let's go here. Come on, man. <laughs> well, we got texts whenever you want to get to them on your favorite muffins. So. Very soon, very right. soon. Um, and you look at Jack Campbell, who's on a very good run lately. What has won eight, nine games in a row, something like that, and his safe percentage uh, well above 9-10, around the 9-15 mark. And you look at the goals against. Their goals against are... Much improved. Much improved. You look at their goal differential, I think it's the second best mark in the Pacific Division. And I forgot to mention Vincent DeHarnay, who I think has been a good addition. I still think they need to add. And by the way, I'm all on board, Reed's suggestion, of Luke Shen. All on board with that. Nothing is Chikrin or Gavrikov. I know Shane Gostisper is entering the mix as well. 
not a bad season, nine goals, 29 points with a team in Arizona that doesn't score. But they have kind of similar players to that. They don't have a lot of Luke Shens on the roster. I would like a Luke Shen type player if it is Luke Shen or someone of that ilk that can be hard to play against. Vinny DeHarnay has proven to be hard to play against. Stuart Skinner played with him in Bakersfield. Loves the story. No, no surprise at all. I, um, I've i always kind of known what he's been capable of ever since he's I've been playing with him. Uh, I mean, he's obviously an incredible defenseman. He defends well, defends hard. He's a big body. He hits, takes care of the net. Uh, he makes my job a lot easier. So um, he's been doing that for me for five years. So I've uh, it, it's it's great seeing him uh, do it in the NHL now, and he, uh, he deserves every little bit he's getting. So 8-0-1 run here for the Oilers that isn't going to be the season but you even push it back farther from Christmas on they're 10 3 and 2 that's a pretty good sample size there as uh, they have 32 games left and they'll start the sprint to the uh, end of the regular season on Tuesday of course the trade deadline is looming as well it's on May th- or sorry March the 3rd March the 3rd Ooh, speculation will abound. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right. Campbell in for Wilkins tonight and tomorrow. Stuart Skinner, Jack Campbell lately, not allowing... Too many muffins. Uh, Though Stuart Skinner in the past says he used to chomp on blueberry muffins while playing in the East Coast League. And our off-topic topic, what's your favorite muffin? Kellen Kennedy, give us the goods. Oh, we got uh, like the old chain back in the day, some muffins for you tonight. (laughs) There we go. If anybody remembers that. I'm sure there's people that would remember that. I remember that. Definitely, for sure. Uh, Mr. TL texts in. He'll get our first text of the night here. Says that his favorite is carrots, so he can pretend he's eating healthy. There we go. All right. Mindset is everything. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Matt Nicolvert as well uh, texts in and says that he loves the banana chip muffins. Yeah, that's a popular one. That is a very popular one, it definitely. Is. Yep, for sure. And uh, we also got some uh, non-muffiny type texts on the line uh, on the text line here too. Something that was very interesting that uh, uh, at the top of the show we got a whole bunch of texts on um, Zach Hyman. Uh, and, and a lot of texts, I'll just read Ricky's here, that are very similar to this. Uh, is Hyman really going to the All-Star game? No. There we go. There, there seems to be some chatter on the social media universe that Hyman is going to the All-Star game. I saw something a couple days ago saying, Zach Hyman will replace Bo Horvat. Well, that didn't happen. Horvat is representing the Islanders. But still on Team Pacific. And that reminds me of... It's a rare occurrence to see a player traded before the All-Star game 
Uh, I remember Bernie Nichols before the 1990 All-Star Game. He was a king, and then right before the All-Star Game, traded to the Rangers. Mm -hmm. And he represented, I believe he just represented the Rangers on the Campbell Conference. So it was kind of weird. So, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, what what method is correct? I don't know. I mean, the league tries to have representation from all 32 teams. I don't think you need that. I understand, I guess. But, I mean, do you need that? You could put Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the all-star team, too, if you wanted to. But, mm -hmm. you know, again, if, if it was, I don't want to diminish Stuart Skinner's accomplishment, but if he did not have a fan vote, would he be in? Would he be a pick, like a coach's pick? Like the uh, the uh, NBA coaches pick the remainder of the NBA all-stars tonight, the reserves. And there's only 14 you can put on there because, of course, it's seven per side. Because, of course, you only have, you know, 12 to a roster, basically, 12 yeah. to 15. So that, that's a little different. So uh, don't get me started. I mean, we can talk about the playoff format. We will with Jamie and I after uh, 7.30. A lot of talk about how this playoff format stinks. Uh, the division stinks. Uh, the, or the alignment stinks. The wild card stinks. Uh, the, the fact that you have two teams like the Leafs and the Lightning who are locked into a matchup in the first round and the only the only thing to decide is who's going to have home ice interesting john shannon tweeted yesterday if uh if the standings if if the season ended today you know a bit of a pet peeve of mine if the season ended today which it won't but the oilers would be in sixth seed would be the sixth seed taking on the third seed the seattle kraken now i i believe he weighted it by division lead because that's how it used to be in the conference format. The division leaders get top three based on points and blah, 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 that sort of thing. So that's interesting. Ratings in the U.S. are down 22%. That's not good. Nope. That's not good. In Canada, they're good. They're always going to be good. So anyway, so interesting, interesting responses on the text line. You can keep uh, texting on the off-topic topic as well. 780-496-0063. Your uh, favorite muffin? Mm -hmm. Zach Hyman, if you want. Whatever. Go to Regina next. Is Regina an undesirable spot for CFL players all of a sudden? Our good friend Jamie and I will weigh into that and more. On 630 Chat Inside Sports.